Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a rainy Friday. Is it Friday? Thursday. It's Fuck, Halloween. I already got the wrong day. <laughs> We've got a guest sitting on our couch who came in from the rain. Yes, she did. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And we're sitting here today with Sarah, who is, do you call yourself CEO? Can I call you that? Yeah, I guess yeah. So. <laughs> CEO, owner, founder, all things of Mama Mobile, which is a mobile massage company focusing, um, as you can tell by the name, on moms. So all things perinatal. So pregnant women, new moms, moms at every stage. And uh, recently, they've also started to include infants and babies. So treating all of the things. And we wanted to have Sarah in because, well, one, um, she sent us an email when we were in Florida. So it's been a while. Uh, just to say that somebody who came to, was it somebody who came to interview for your company told you about the podcast, right? Yeah, I've heard lots of awesome things about the podcast from new grads actually following. So I started listening, binge listening, and I wanted to reach out to you guys. Cool, cool. Well, and it was really nice. So she just sent an email saying, love it. You guys are doing great. And I've and you've been referring people to listen to us for, I guess, more education, more information. And the more her and I started talking, I realized you have a really awesome business. Like this is something that I think is such a good niche. You're in what, three different cities now? Yeah. So downtown Toronto, GTA and in Ottawa as well. Okay. So two yeah. cities, but yeah, I guess Toronto's like 7,000 cities in one. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so we wanted to talk to her for a couple of reasons. One, just to talk to an entrepreneur about your journey, how you came up with the business idea, how you got started, maybe some of the struggles or, you know, the positives, things you didn't expect. And then also because I love all things perinatal now, as you guys all know. So welcome. Thank so you. So can we officially name it the fourth quarter instead of the fourth trimester? Because fourth trimester makes no sense, but fourth quarter sounds good. And it sounds like a basketball game. <laughs> that's that's up to Sarah. She works in this field. <laughs> no, that's great. Game time. He hates when I say fourth trimester, but that's what it's called, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of silly. I mean, whoever came up with fourth trimester obviously is not into math. The whole point of that was to educate people about the I fact that it. sure, pregnancy is three trimesters, but the hardest part is it's that the first fourth quarter. three months, the fourth quarter. Thank yes. You. Okay, fine. I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, when you're right, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, thanks for coming in. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about how you got into massage and... Yeah, anything you want to talk about? Sure. Um, so I've been a registered massage therapist for five years now. Um, prior to starting as a massage therapist, I was a personal trainer. I feel like this is a commonality for a lot mm -hmm. of RMTs. Um, but I was a personal trainer. I owned a really small studio. So I just trained clients kind of by appointment. Um, and after a while, I really started to be the most interested in the anatomy and I wanted to learn more and one of my clients was an RMT and she was consistently telling me about her clients and kind of the conditions she was treating on a regular basis and a light bulb went off for me and I was like hey I didn't realize that RMTs did all of those things I kind of had this association with RMTs being like a, a spa only like at the spa I didn't look at it as 
as like that treatment perspective. You um, and everybody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I decided to go back to school and became an RMT. And I worked at a variety of clinics kind of throughout my career. And I eventually really landed on um, perinatal and just found a niche for that. Um, and that's kind of where the business was born. So why perinatal? What what made you interested in that? Yeah, I started to see that it was, it felt to me like it was kind of an underserved niche. When I worked with women, primarily postpartum, I started to notice that they had a lot of ailments that were kind of being missed. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of practices focusing on them. Um, so I started to notice that they were women who definitely really needed treatment. And I started to find it to be quite rewarding for me in working on them because there was always kind of a trajectory for their treatment plan. And I felt sometimes being in the clinic, like it was a little bit monotonous for me, mm -hmm. like just kind of doing the same head, neck and shoulders all day. And when I saw a perinatal or a woman postpartum, I started to notice all of these issues that I could kind of connect and work on. And, and same with prenatal too. And I think there was like definitely the stigma around being super light on pressure during pregnancy where whereas like I found some women really needed something a little bit more specific and a little bit deeper and I was just so curious as to like how I could dive more into that mm -hmm. and when I got more into it I really realized that it there was a possibility of focusing my practice just primarily on those perinatal women and I found it to be really re rewarding. Awesome well I know that I would not have survived either one of my pregnancies <laughs> without regular treatment from massage therapists, chiropractors. I did acupuncture. I was, you know, going to prenatal yoga. I was swimming. Like I did all the things to take care of my body because the amount of things that happen to a woman's body during pregnancy is insane. For sure. It's so insane. And it's not really talked about at all. It's like, you're, it's so amazing when you think about it, that your body is literally adjusting to create this human, your joints are loosening up, like everything is accommodating it. But yet, nobody talks to you about postpartum and what is what your body is going to feel like afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that as like a huge trend, like during pregnancy, everyone's always asking women like, hey, how are you feeling? And then postpartum, it's just like, oh, can I hold your baby? Like, how's your baby doing? Oh, yeah, you don't matter. <laughs> Once the baby comes in the picture, people don't even look at you anymore. You walk into a room and everybody's eyes go to the baby. It's like, oh, baby. <laughs> like, okay, hi. I'm for here. Sure. Fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And there's so much going on and, and so much to be treated. And that's where my passion lies with po mostly postnatal, but I'm definitely really passionate about prenatal as well. Awesome. Yeah. So when did the business come to life? How long after you had become an RMT? So I had been practicing for about three years and I sort of had this like quarter life crisis where I... I just started to become really fascinated with childbirth. I wasn't really in a position in my own life where I wanted to start having a family, um, but I was just so interested and I was always researching things about it. And one of my massage clients told me about becoming a doula um, and I had no idea what doulas were and I started to research it more. And for those of you that don't know, it's basically like a, a coach during childbirth pretty much. And you can correct me if you want to add anything. I just finished my doula training. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so awesome. Love it. Yeah, you're like the support person for the woman who's who's giving birth. And mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people kind of depend on their partner to take on that role, but it can be a really stressful time. And having someone who is a wealth of knowledge with everything that's going on and kind of, kind of help facilitate conversations between like you and your doctor and to kind of be that person to really look after you on that day, not from a medical perspective, but as a supporting role. Well, and the partner. I, I do believe that, you know, the focus should be on the mom. Of course, you know, she's going through a lot. Her body's going through a lot mentally, physically, emotionally. A lot of things are happening. But for the partner, this is their experience too, right? And it's their child too, often. So having um, having somebody there, as you said, that can sort of help out and allow the partner to experience things as well. And the partner has um, an emotional connection to the mom, right? So I think it's harder. I know, okay, so Mark was in the room for both of our kids being born. And I'm certain that there were times where he just felt completely helpless. Like I'm in agony here having this baby, and he doesn't know what to do. And so having somebody there who can, you know, calm down the partner, tell them what to do, help out the mom with physical support, emotional support, whatever they need at that moment. Mm-hmm. I I totally see the value of a doula now. And I, I not that I didn't before, but now after doing the training, I was like, man, I feel like everybody should have this person. It was, it's, yeah, it's amazing. And I should note that I really see the value in having an RMT doula, like no, nothing disrespectful to any other doulas, but RMT's touch is just so much more intentional and you just feel the difference with somebody when you need like physical support. For sure. Did you have a doula during any of your... I didn't. And that's what I'm saying is I. it's not that I didn't see the value, but the way I looked at it was I had two amazing midwives. So I felt like, okay, I have such a wealth of knowledge here and, you know, they stay with you a little bit more than, you know, the OB is going to. So I felt like, okay, I have people that are there and I'm married to an RMT. So I'm like, if I need, you know, massage or whatever, he's there. And we took, um, we took a course before our first child was, um, was going to be born and just sort of went over some of the major things that he could do to help me. So even though he already knows this, it kind of reinforced it. So I felt like, yeah, I don't need anybody else. What course was this? When we did the prenatal partner yoga course oh, okay, and okay. she taught like, you know, the counter pressure yeah, 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 and the yeah. hip squeezes and yeah, all the stuff that doulas do anyway. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I had, yeah, kind of this realization that that was something that I could take. And after I took it, I, I actually didn't want to be a doula. <laughs> I had this like newfound respect for everything that that they did. But when I thought about actually attending um, labor, it was like not something at the end of the day I was really interested in. Um, but I loved everything that I learned and it gave me a stronger understanding of pregnancy and delivery and even postnatal. And after that, I really realized that I could cater my practice just towards that clientele because I had been working at kind of your average clinic and I would see maybe a prenatal client or a postnatal client like every other week, but it wasn't a consistent Think. Mm-hmm. And it was really after I took that course that I really realized to I could dive in and I started working at a clinic that was focused on prenatal massage. And that was kind of like where my journey to starting Mama Mobile began. Um, so yeah, I had started working at this clinic in, in Toronto for prenatal massage and it was fairly busy and it was great. 
Um, and then I made a move from Toronto to Ottawa. And as you know, as an RMT, it does take a while to kind of build up your own clients and kind of get started. Um, and after making the move, I realized I was really starting over again. Um, and I also, I had started working at a second um, prenatal clinic in Ottawa. And I started to notice this trend like time and time again, that women postpartum would be showing up late to their massage. Mm-hmm. And I would... I remember on a Sunday once I saw one of my clients like breastfeeding in her car and it kind of occurred to me how challenging it was for these women to come to their massage appointments. And it was this this treatment that was supposed to be focused on their self-care, yet it, it was so much work on the back end for them to Every make outing with a baby is an ordeal. <laughs> it's it, There's this comedian that we watch sometimes. Mark, do you remember his name? The English guy. Oh my goodness. It'll come to me at some point. McIntyre. Thank you. Michael, right? Michael uh, McIntyre? I, I think know. it's Michael. Anyway, uh, somebody might know. And he did this whole skit on um, what it's like leaving the house when you have kids and when you don't have kids. So he was, you know, first it was the couple who doesn't have kids leaving the house. Do you want to leave the house? Yeah, let's go. And that's it. They leave the house. The couple with kids. Do you want to leave the house? (sighs) And it's this whole ordeal of, you know, now this one just pooped. You got to change this diaper. This one can't find her shoe. This one's hungry. This one needs to pee. Get the coats on. She's lost her coat. It's it's such an ordeal. And even with just one baby, like you said, nursing moms, if you're still nursing on demand, you can leave your house and think, okay, I'm going to go and get the massage. Then you get there, baby's hungry. Okay, that takes another 20 minutes. It's such an ordeal. Yeah, you can definitely relate. You see in my face that I'm tired just (laughs) thinking about it. Yeah, it's a lot of steps. And yeah, I started to really realize that there weren't many services that were curated to women of this stage in their home specifically. Like I know there are a lot of mobile massage companies, um, but there's not really a way to know that the person that you're working with will have specific training mm-hmm. in perinatal massage or that that's their focus. And from working in these niche brick and mortar clinics, I really knew that that was something that women wanted. Um, so I started to offer my services to kind of friends and family sort of thing. And I just had the, the most amazing experiences um, just with these women, primarily postpartum, who I would sometimes be the only person that they saw that day or halfway during the massage we would their baby would start crying and we would be able to grab their baby and bring their baby onto the table to breastfeed while mm-hmm. they still receive their massage and it was something that it wouldn't have been possible in a clinic even in the clinics that I had worked at that allowed you to bring your baby there was still this apprehension I found with my clients where they were nervous that maybe their baby would cry and disturb another treatment room mm-hmm. and I didn't want to start like a home practice it has never been kind of my own dream to have like a brick and mortar clinic. Um, I've moved a lot and I've never been able to kind of decide where I want to be. Um, so doing it ha- mobile really gave me like the freedom and flexibility to really curate it in that way mm-hmm. and to help women in in a different way than I could at the clinic. All right. So when you started this, were you on your own? Did you immediately start bringing on other therapists? Like Give us the rundown of how starting a mobile business like yours, how does this happen? Yeah, so originally it was just me. Um, I think I started by just 
posting on local Facebook mom groups and posting about my services. And I started to kind of get that initial handful of clients. And because it was something different, I had a lot of referrals happening and it started to really grow um, quickly in that way. Um, And then I think at about four months in, I realized that like, number one, I, I felt like the way that I was treating was so different and that there may be other RMTs who are interested in in treating the same way and kind of being able to have these unique experiences with with moms. And I just thought that was so special. And in Ottawa, there weren't any other mobile companies. So I just, again, thought that was like a really cool experience for someone. Um, any large mobile companies anyways, I think there are some independent. Um, but I posted on the RMTIO and I ended up making my first hire Um, and she was incredible and she's still with us. Her name's Patricia. Um, and she's been seeing perinatal women for like 20 years and she just brought something else to the table. And after hearing feedback from her clients, I started to really realize that this was something that other RMTs would also benefit from and that we would be able to reach more and more women if, if there were more people involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've always kind of had like an entrepreneurial spirit and it's something that I'm really passionate about, but I just never really knew what my venture was. And, and like I said, as an RMT, like the idea of starting a physical location felt a little bit, felt a little bit like trapped for me um, just because I've never been like, hey, I want to live in this city forever. Um, And I think that is unless you're like willing to sell your clinic, something that you have to kind of sign up for. This is perfect for you because you can you can run your business from anywhere. I assume that everything is sort of online for you guys now? Yeah, pretty much. Like, so last October, I actually moved from Ottawa back to Toronto. This is what I mean. This is why I couldn't start a physical location. Um, So I ended up moving back and because like Toronto and the GTA was growing much faster than Ottawa, it's like a much broader area. Um, But yeah, being here, I've been able to work remote. I've been able to do interviews in person and and kind of have my hand in things like a little bit more, um, like on a larger scale, um, because most of the business does exist here now. Um, But for the most part, yeah, our team is like pretty remote. My co I ended up bringing on a co-founder and she actually lives in Vancouver. So we're just like, we only operate over Zoom. So are you going to start operating in Vancouver as well? Possibly, maybe? Talking about it? (laughs) (laughs) I just got this look like we're not there yet. Stop it. Um, yeah, one thing I'm sure anyone listening that has a massage business can relate. It's definitely a lot more work than you think it will be to kind of get things off the ground and make sure everything's set up properly. And definitely setting up a mobile business, like I thought would be a lot easier um, than setting up a clinic. And I'm sure they all have their own challenges, but there were so many things that I didn't think of, like so many issues that we I had. Want to- <laughs> I want examples. What is like, be, the reason I, I'm saying this is we do talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that all of the entrepreneurs say is like, this is not easy, man. Like there's, you have to work like 24 hours a day. Like you, you have to kill yourself in the beginning. What was sort of a 
really big surprise for you, something that was way more challenging than you expected it to be? Yeah, it's it's hard to be like the person on both sides. Like when you're independent, you're only worried about your client. But when you have a business, like you're worried about the client's experience and the RMT's experience. And I think starting a business like this from an RMT perspective, I'm very like, I hold like the RMTs really close and just want to make sure that their experience with us is always awesome. But there's obviously things that we can't control like I think at the beginning like what happens if someone's not there when you show up at your massage or what happens if one of our RMTs got in like a car accident once like what do you do and like there's just these constant like fires that you have to kind of adjust for Mm -hmm. and it's more than a full-time job like this month like I've decided to go inactive as an RMT because I can't like keep up with both and I was working like all day on the business and all night as an RMT and I hit like a total wall of burnout and I think yeah it's something that you don't really realize when you're at a clinic is like how much work it actually is behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. I never really appreciated it until I started doing this it's true and then a lot of RMTs that make like not the greatest split or what they feel is not the greatest split they can't figure out why is this clinic only paying me 60% Mm -hmm. I mean because there's a whole bunch of shit that goes on that you have no idea how to fucking make it work that yeah that's something that I think uh Yeah, therapists don't always realize. I've talked before about this place that I used to work at here in Scarborough, which I felt was one of the best places I ever worked at. Um, The owner and I got along pretty well. I felt that her rent was fair. I felt what she was providing for us for the cost was more than fair. I was always pretty happy there. But there was still a lot of therapists there who, you know, felt that they were being overcharged or that, you know, she wasn't sort of providing enough and that she wasn't running it very well. And I thought, wow, like, I I don't think you guys really actually understand how much work she puts into this place. Like it's, it is a lot to run your own business and exhausting. So you're going to be inactive and just completely being the behind the scenes person coordinating, but not treating. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So this will be new for me, but I realized I wasn't even keeping up with the fee I was paying to like maintain my license because like I, I haven't had the time to see like that level of clients um, for it to be like worth it for me. Um, But yeah, originally I was really trying to like hold on to both. But I think that's a thing with business I've realized too, like you can do a lot of things, but you can't do a lot of things well. Um, And I was really afraid to ask for help at the beginning. And I really tried to do everything. And why are you why are you afraid to ask for help? I think it's like a pride thing in Mm. starting your own own business. Um, For me, it was anyways. And I kind of felt to be taken seriously, like I needed to know how to do everything, even though I didn't, if that makes sense. It's kind of like a catch 22, where as if I would have asked for help, I probably would have gotten to the places I wanted to go faster mm-hmm. and with less error. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this past summer, I really realized that I didn't want to do it alone. Um, so that's when I brought on my co-founder. So I'd already been operating for a while and I just found that there was a lot of power in having other people involved who have skills that you lack and is it the interesting thing about like going from RMT to business owner without a business background is that like you you shouldn't know everything like why would you know everything you've never done it before and I I think it's so amazing seeing RMTs 
start businesses um, because everything is learnable, but it does take time. And that's why you work all day and all night. So in the beginning, you were doing everything. You were doing all the hiring. You were booking the appointments. You were coordinating where people were going. You were doing the billing. You were also paying people. Like you were doing everything, social media, marketing, all you. Everything. Yeah. Everything is like figure outable, right? Even that word, it's figure outable. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning, I just Googled everything. Like I figured out how to make a website. I figured out how I would do the billing and like how everything would operate on the back end. And it definitely was like a lot of manual work. Um, and now we're reaching the point where we've realized like we can automate more of it and make it a little bit easier on ourselves. But mm -hmm. it is, it's a lot of work to figure everything out, but it's possible. Totally. And that is what you have to do. And that's what we were saying when we have entrepreneurs in here. It's really great for them to talk about that. It's not just as simple as I'm going to start a business and I mean, it is and it isn't like, yeah, sure. If you want to do it, just do it. But be prepared, as Mark famously says all the time, be prepared to eat shit for a little while. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so true. There were so many things that I never thought of. But yeah, definitely bringing other people on. I think that's like my biggest piece of advice to anyone who wants to start like a bigger practice that like it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to bring other people in to help you because it will most likely make you better. Mm -hmm. Well, and like you said, you can't be expected to know everything. I don't think being a jack of all trades is necessarily a good thing, you know, not to be cliche, but jack of all trades, master of none, right? <laughs> so having or even just hiring people like contract, right, to help you out with certain things like for me, for example, I don't know that I'd be any good at web design. Mark figured it out. He was figure outable for you. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. <laughs> he figured it out. He designed our websites. I don't know that I would have been able to do it if it were me. I probably would have brought someone on to help with that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And you can still have your hand in everything. Um, there is a characteristic that I think exists with entrepreneurs, though, is you do want to have your hand in everything. and You do want to be in control of everything. And I think you have to be, right, if you're running your business. So I think that's that can help you or sort of force you to go in that like hamster wheel of like nonstop work because you need to be in control of everything and knowing what's going on in every aspect of your business. For sure. Yeah, that's been really hard for me to start to let things go <laughs> um, and go to other people and trust that they will do it better than I will do it mm -hmm. um, because it's not possible for me to do everything. Um, I thought you were saying it's not possible for them to do it better. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the case too. Right? <laughs> so this business that has existed for two years now, three years, two. two years. Okay. And in two years, how many RMTs do you have working with you? Yeah. So we have 40. Um, and, and some are more full-time than others. Like we operate differently than most mobile clinics. Um, and this was by choice. I really, I didn't want to operate as an on-demand service. I really wanted us to be a convenient service for moms. Um, so a few things I really wanted involved. Like I wanted the mom to consistently be able to work with the same person. And I wanted them to like know that the person had special training and actually was a specialist and to be able to see a photo and kind of read about that person before they actually came. Um, so a few things like we had to do behind the scenes, like we developed like a weekend training that we do with all of our hires. Um, so they have to take a little piece of like prenatal, postnatal, breast massage, infant massage, just so they have have kind of a refresher of what to do. It's really interesting. I've been finding new grads are like 
more versed than um, more experienced RMTs. I think, I don't know if Interesting. the training. Yeah, I think that the training has like slowly changed um, a little bit in that way. So that's been interesting, but we did that. Who teaches that course? Is that you or do you have somebody who teaches? So we actually do it as a cumulative of people on our team. Um, so as, as we've grown, and this is another thing with kind of sourcing things out to other people, as we've grown, I've really realized that people on our team like have more knowledge than I have, especially now that I've really had my hand out of being an RMT full time. Um, so we really wanted to empower our RMTs. So we have them like decide on which courses that they want to teach and we kind of operate in that way. So it's always like pure learning. Um, so yeah, but I, I would love to chat with you guys more about your courses because it would be <laughs> awesome to get you guys in to teach for us. Um, but we do them every quarter. So it's always as an onboarding for new RMTs. And then we do like continuing education for RMTs that have been with us. Awesome. Well, and you had mentioned that you do refer people out. So um, I went and did the course through trimesters and you told me over the phone when we spoke that you sometimes refer your RMTs to get in contact with Cindy and take the trimesters courses as well if they want more training, right? Yeah, for sure. Because again, like ours is just kind of like a light refresher. It's just like a, hey, this might come up, like you should know this, but it's not an in-depth like prenatal massage mm -hmm. program and her courses are so awesome. Um, so I love a, like hiring people who Cindy has trained <laughs> and referring people to her. Um, so we do that a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of how we operate, like we're not an on-demand service. So basically how it works is one of our RMTs would say, hey, this is my home address. I'm willing to travel this many kilometers. So that way it allows them to control their schedule and how far they're going. Um, because I know that can be like an uncertainty for um, mobile massage. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like a problem we had at the beginning. Um, so they're able to do that. So on the back end, the client's basically booking on their by their location and kind of seeing who's in their area and selecting that person. Um, similar to what, is it MediScene that does that? The other platform? Yeah. Yeah. They, it, I, I think that's a really good idea. If you're going to be mobile, you want to still, as you said, you're looking at it from the RMT's eyes. You want to make sure it's convenient and worth it for them. And you don't want to be, especially in the GTA, it right. could take an hour and a half to get from one part of Toronto to another. So having the freedom to choose your radius, I think is really great. Yeah. And also love like being able to know what your schedule is going to be like in mm -hmm. advance like I don't know about you guys but for me like in practice that was a source of major anxiety like mm -hmm. going into a week and being like oh I don't know how many bookings I'm going to get like am I going to be able to pay my rent this month like am I going to be okay um so for us like most of our clients are booking advance and in advance and on on a schedule so an RMT like even though they're mobile will go in and be like hey I already have like this many bookings for next week or being able, their clients like actually being able to rebook with them um so yeah less of like a picking up appointment like on request versus like being able to kind of have it populate on their schedules so does, do your rmts have the um have the ability then if let's say that one of them came to my place we did a treatment and i said um like Afterwards, they said to me, okay, I want to see you again in four days. Can they just book the appointment right there with that person? Yeah, so they could book it and then um, we would just like add it to the schedule for them. Like we do have an admin team now as well, um, <laughs> which we really needed. Um, so it can happen that way or they can book online on the RMT schedule depending on how many hours they have with us. What types of... 
I don't know how to phrase this question. I guess vetting do you do for the clients like to ensure that, you know, the RMT is going to like, is there, do the clients have to fill out anything in advance? So the RMT knows like who they're meeting and it's not like they show up to this creepy looking place and <laughs> it's not a, a mom at all. Like, is there something <laughs> like that? Yeah. Am so I making sense? It's probably a l- less of a concern because you're dealing with moms. I Yeah, I know. But I'm just wondering, is there still like a process? Do they have to fill out something on on your website or whatever to make sure that, you know, this is a legit appointment? Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> um, we've never had any like even remotely weird experiences. Um, but our clients like need to um, sign up with an account that exists. So like a Gmail or a Facebook account. So it's kind of verifying that they are who they said they were right. there. And then also they're paying ahead of time. So we have like a card on file for them. Okay. And we also send them their intake form ahead. So that's pretty filled out. So I like to think of it like if someone was creepy, that it would be a lot of steps um, for them to kind of get to that. Yeah, I don't think that, as Mark said, I don't think it's something you guys would really have to be concerned about. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not calling up the mommy mobile place looking for a massage. <laughs> no, you know I mean? absolutely not. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be weird. <laughs> it's very specific. Like we do um, work with male clients if it's like a partner of a mom that we're already seeing, and even then, like um, we've recently like revamped our software so it's a little bit more clear. But even still, like we have dads calling like, hey. Is it okay if I get in the treatment? Like, I know you're just mama mobile. <laughs> like, can I have a massage too kind of thing? Um, so we're trying to, like, make them feel a little bit more welcome. Um, <laughs> yes, dads, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> but the focus definitely is on, is intended to be on mom just for us to be like her support squad. I love that. Support squad. Mm-hmm. I want a support squad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your support squad. <laughs> Yay. So you guys are all over the GTA, all over Ottawa. And hush hush, maybe Vancouver soon. <laughs> what is your what is your big vision for this company? Do you have a big vision for this company? Yeah, so definitely Vancouver would be our next stop. Um, like I said, my co-founder joined me last summer, and it was our initial intention to launch in Vancouver this fall, which is insane if I think about it that we thought that that would be possible. Um, and back to the everything is a lot more work than you think it will be. Um, We realized there was a lot of things we needed to establish in our company before we can make a move to a new city. And uh, Toronto also was a a way broader area than we had expected. So we definitely require a lot more help like before we can move to a new city in terms of like the number of RMTs on our team. Um, So definitely to kind of get to that point, but that would be our next step. And yeah, and we kind of want to grow from there and and maybe add on some other services in time as well that um, are related to self-care, but not necessarily to massage. Would you quicker add other services or would you quicker add other cities? I think we would add other services cities first. Mm-hmm. This is something that um, my co-founder and I debated for a while, um, but I would like to see the massage portion of it expanded first yeah. and for that to be kind of like our flagship service. Um, and then we would probably start with maybe some consulting services. Yeah, like, yeah that makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. You've already got the formula down, or if you don't have it down, you're, you're at least this close to perfecting it. And then that's just easier to bring it to different populations. For sure. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're definitely still working out some kinks um so once we have kind of have our formula i think it will be a little bit easier right on. i think this is so cool and i i hadn't i'll be honest i hadn't heard of mama mobile before you emailed me when i was in florida and i was so excited to come back and talk to you how do you guys market how do you reach your people yeah so uh, luckily a lot of it 
at the beginning was word of mouth and Facebook groups, honestly, like Facebook mom groups. It Mm -hmm. would just be me like posting on them. I think I got kicked off of Facebook like three times. um, Welcome to Mark's world. (laughs) I feel your pain. Um, Yeah. But yeah, for anyone who's like starting a business, there's a ton of free marketing that you can do. Like the first year I didn't spend any money on marketing and I was still able to like grow business and I don't have a marketing background. Um, So that was helpful. Um, like lots of local events, like for me, I'm working with like the the mom population. So actually a lot of the ways that I advertised weren't um, really like massage centric. They were more centered around like supporting moms. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of showing up at events. Uh, I did a lot of like free massage and back to like the time factor like a lot of like weekends just volunteering my time like being at certain situations to kind of promote us Um, like trade shows any anywhere where moms will be right exactly yeah anywhere moms would be a lot of like free massage on my end like just giving moms mini massages I bartered with a lot of events to come and like give mini massages so I didn't have to like pay to be there because I couldn't afford it Um, and then yeah partnering like with local baby stores and things like that were helpful. Um, Building like a solid Instagram was really helpful. I think that built a lot of trust for moms like in the brand. And it took me a little while to kind of figure out how to like speak the language of moms. Like I'm not a mom myself. Um, So just being able to post things that they may want to see or they would Mm -hmm. find valuable, um, finding other people to collaborate with. So similar services that we could kind of um, collaborate our services to like each other's um, audience that was really helpful um, but yeah I, I would say like our strongest was definitely word of mouth and and now we're able to utilize things like Facebook ads and Google ads and stuff like that which is definitely helpful but definitely don't use that as a discouragement from starting a business because that definitely wasn't like what got our business off the ground Mm -hmm. initially. Um, I think, yeah, initially it was definitely giving a really great service that someone wants to tell their friend about being able to retain like the clients that we already have, which is so huge. And like also just utilizing kind of free, free Mm -hmm. ways to, to market. Well, and I mean, the plus that you have is because you have such a niche, you know who your target audience is. So it's very easy to find them. Mm -hmm. There's, it's very easy to find moms. We're everywhere. (laughs) We're everywhere and in the kitchen. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) My kids call the kitchen my castle. It's very sad. It's so sad. (laughs) I'm going to be the worst mom. I I like literally can't cook anything. (laughs) Oh no, that doesn't make you a bad mom. You will still be in the kitchen because it doesn't matter if you can cook or you can't cook. They're hungry all the time. So (laughs) you will always be in the kitchen and then cleaning up the messes from the seven meals that they have in a day like mark calls our youngest uh hobbit because she eats breakfast twice yeah she has second breakfast yeah (laughs) if she finishes eating and then if she sees one of us eating she wants what we're having so if i'm making breakfast for me i better make one for our little hobbit (laughs) that's so cute (laughs) money money let's talk money you're making a lot more doing this than you were treating no honestly i was making so much more money when i was in rmt Mm. i am like literally barely scratching the surface at like my expense and it's hard in downtown Toronto, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's like a huge misconception too. And it's something that I honestly thought when I was in RMT, like I was like, oh, these clinic owners must be making so much money. Like they're taking this percentage of what I'm making. But 
what what I didn't consider was like, what are the transaction fees? We get charged five dollars every time we have to refund a treatment. Like it, things add up so much, mm-hmm. and we're at the point where we're putting the majority of like what's coming in back into marketing and like back into improving as a business and just kind of taking the bare minimum to survive. Um, But yeah, as an RMT, I was making a lot more money. And I think also like if, if anyone is like thinking of starting a practice, like it's good to think about what your end goal is because also like I was doing a lot better when it was just like me and two other people, but trying to scale something and, and fill like 40 schedules is a lot different than trying to fill your own schedule on like one or two other people and it's a lot easier to control like what you're doing than what other people are doing mm-hmm. um and yeah before I started this this didn't I didn't it didn't occur to me that like I had I'm not like the best RMT in the world but I think I have like a natural ability at retaining clients and and having my clients kind of come back and that was something I didn't realize until I started doing this that that's not like a natural ability of every RMT and for us we didn't want like a constant ferris wheel of new clients like we wanted to retain those clients and be part of their treatment plan Mm -hmm. um and it has like that's that takes training too, like on our end to teach other people how to do the same. That is a difficult part of being a business owner because as a business owner, your mindset is on the business. If if your therapists do well, everybody does well, right? The more uh, client retention you have, the more new clients that are coming in, it doesn't matter which therapist is getting them. As a whole, you're all going to start doing better. But the therapists that are working for you, you're 40 people they're not all going to have that business brain. And that's the hard part is getting people who have some sort of feeling of ownership over what they're doing and they want to help grow this business. So I can, again, as you said, when you're working for a clinic, you just think, oh, this clinic owner must be making so much money, but it's not always the case. Yeah, there's so many things to think about. It's even like how much money does it cost you to acquire a client? Because if you're just burning through clients, like, and you're not able to retain them, you're burning money. Like, Mm -hmm. and and at the end of the day, that obviously that's not our goal. Like, it's my goal, like, to foster those relationships and to be able to allow our RMTs to feel that sense of freedom that I think a mobile service provides. Like it should feel like your own business and it we should take all of the guesswork out of the business and administrative side for you. Um, but there are like a lot of operating costs to consider. Um, yeah, it's definitely a lot easier, I think, when it's just you. It is. But as you said, if you're thinking big, yeah. just you, then your entire career is trading your time for money. For sure. So your vision and having all these people working for you eventually is going to be great, but you're still in the eating shit phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think- and that's okay. You're supposed to be, right? Like this is a relatively new business. Two years to have 40 therapists working for you. That's actually really great. I mean, we're still in this phase where we work all the time. Mostly Mark, but... Yeah, so you guys know what it's like to... Definitely do. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have like a grand vision for where I want us to be, but it's more of like a five-year kind of plus plan. And I think that's like the hard part too, is like keeping yourself motivated every single day, even if if it's not... It's, it's easy. I found it easier on my own because it was like that con- consistent like financial reward. Like mm-hmm. I would 
be making slightly more money. So I would know that things were going well or my client, my clientele would reach like X amount of people a week. And that was my goal. And and that was great. But in like starting a larger business, it's like a constant roller coaster. It's like one, one day I'm on like cloud nine and the next like week, I just feel like really down and depressed about everything. But all in all, like my vision is to be able to reach more and more people and like create an awesome experience for our RMTs. Um, so hopefully at the end of the day, that's kind of what comes through. But it is it's hard. It's hard to like please everyone. And it, it is like hard to like scrape by sometimes. For sure. For sure. You ever have to fire anyone? I haven't had to fire anyone yet. Knock on wood. I really hope um, hope that that's not something that that I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, lucky enough, we've been able to hire such awesome RMTs so far. And I think it's, we've definitely had people leave. And I think that with um, mobile massage, it's figuring out if it's for you. It's mm-hmm. definitely different than being in a clinic. Um, and we- Does it kind of hurt or not hurt? Annoying. You spent some time with this person. You've done the interview. You've taken them through your training. And then for them to turn around and be like, mm, I'm out of here. Yeah, I had a really hard time at the beginning. I'm a pretty sensitive person. I'm definitely developing a thicker skin. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the beginning, I was like personally offended by a lot. Um, And I, I just felt like we had created such an awesome experience. Like, I've tried to think of all of the things that could be annoying for mobile treatment. Like we only treat on the main floor. We'll only see a client if they have a parking spot for you. We'll pay for your parking. Like we try and take care of everything. And if there's like any kind of like, I want to say like a little bit of like a backlash from the RMT or like a, a, like a lack of appreciation kind of for what we're offering, I sometimes do like feel a little bit offended by it in a way because we've worked so hard to like create such an awesome environment but I think at the end of the day I'm starting to realize that I want people in the business like who this resonates with and I created the business like with a certain type of practitioner in mind and I created kind of what I wanted as an RMT like if when I moved to Ottawa a business like this would have existed where I could work mobile I could make like $90 plus in an hour and not have to work worry about any of the admin stuff like I actually would have I actually would have been making more money than when I had been doing it independently Mm -hmm. and with far less stress because of how much time the admin work takes like it's it's pretty like transactional like on the RMT end yeah, yeah, I think I went a little bit off topic there. But no, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. Sorry, while you guys were doing that, I was looking for this um, picture I saw on social media recently, and I had sent it to Mark, but I couldn't find it. I just found it. It's sort of looks like a graph. It's called a day in the life as an entrepreneur. And it's sort of these like, you know, peaks, it's this up and down. And it says, I'm excited. Ugh, this is hard. It's working. I messed up. Give up the good for the great. I think I'm going bankrupt. I'm good. I don't know why I get so down on myself. I was wrong. I suck. Wait a second. My life is great. Is that how can, you feel? Can you read that again, but just change your voice, like flip it for the other way around? Can you make all of the lows sound really happy and all the highs sound really sad? <laughs> I'll try. Okay, yeah, hold on. <laughs> so starting with like, I'm excited. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's hard. I'm excited. Oh, this is hard. It's, this is so hard. <laughs> it's working. 
I messed up. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Why do I listen to your stupid ideas? <laughs> anyway, is this how you feel? Like, do you feel like you're a constant battle with yourself? Like, this is so awesome. And some days, as you said, and then some days you're like, Fuck. Why? For sure. For sure. And at the end of the day, like it is what I enjoy. Like I love being an entrepreneur. And I think that was like really what I wanted from my life. Um, but I think, yeah, in deciding if, if you should like start your own practice or not, I think you have to decide if, if that's something that, that you're willing to kind of dive deeper into. Mm -hmm. If someone came in with a shit ton of money and says, I want to invest, but I want 51%. What are you thinking here? Yeah. At, at this point, I would definitely say no. Um, I think to um, my co-founder and I have found that like, I don't think we're at the point where we've reached like our peak of potential, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. No and, way. You're still babies. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. But like, you know, what if a dragon came in and said, <laughs> hey, here's here's what I think you guys are worth. And this is what I'm willing to invest. Uh, but uh, I want which dragon? I want I want the majority control <laughs> yeah, <depends> here. <laughs> which dragon? Are we okay, which here? which which one would be would you and your partner? Have you guys ever, ever had this discussion? Like if someone came in and offered us a, a, a bunch of dough for this, like to either just outright buy it from us would we accept that and what would what would our price be or what would we take in terms of giving up ownership or whatever percentage have you guys talked about stuff like that yeah um so we have thought about it and i think probably like later next year mm -hmm. I, we may go after some investment um it's a lot harder to secure a loan than you would think also oh yeah no, we know um, <laughs> yeah you guys know um and there's a lot of a lot of grants like that we consistently apply for and this is what what is hard too in like the roller coaster like it's hard to constantly be rejected from something like mm. we apply for things all of the time and after a while like after like the fifth or sixth rejection you start to question yourself a little bit um but I think like later next year like raising a round of financing will probably be something that we'll need to do to continue to scale um and I've started to really realize that in order to make money, like you also like need to put money in mm -hmm. and in, in order to like consistently make sure everyone's schedule is filled and they're getting everything they need out of the company. It's probably going to end up costing a little bit more in advertising, like the free free advertising methods will definitely like get your business off the ground. And if you're like one or two people, like it's probably all you need to be honest, but yep. in scaling like a business, like once we reach like over like 60 people, I think it's probably going to require some more financing. And, and, it, and like I said, it is like pretty hard to like slide by on, on such a minimal amount of money after a while on, on your own. For sure. Well, yeah, you didn't start this business just to help moms and help other RMTs. You want to make money <laughs> and you should want to make money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually, like I at this point just kind of look at it like, hey, I'd love to make like a salary that I could survive on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's hard for me to look past that right now but eventually for sure um and just in a in being able to like afford to do the things that we want to do like for the business would be nice too um because right now it is like making a lot of decisions as to like what's more important and it's more of like a this or that than like mm -hmm. let's do it all um like we just did our first like trade show this year like we went to the baby show and that was the first time like we were able to like pay for a show um and otherwise it was just like an exchange of time and 
yeah, after a while, it is like pretty exhausting to mm-hmm. constantly give um, more of yourself. Mm-hmm. You give me a look. <laughs> like what? I don't know. I thought you were thinking of something really interesting. Biggest mistake you've made along the way. Um, oh, at the beginning, um, this was like probably the third person I hired. Um, <laughs> at the beginning, I was so excited. Like I felt like such an imposter when I was hiring people. Like I would post on Indeed and like pretend to be this big company. I was like sitting in my living room, like in my <laughs> and I'm, like, hey, this is the Mama Mobile headquarters, and <laughs> just like literally me, like with my dog on my lap. And um, I like got someone who imp- applied through Indeed, and I was like, oh my gosh, like mm. um, I was so nervous. And uh, at this point, I was living in Ottawa, and this was when I first started hiring into Toronto. Um, so like a bit of a backstory, I decided to expand into Toronto because I figured a like it was somewhere I probably wanted to end up, and Ottawa was. I was starting to realize it was going to be a hard place to start a big practice. Um, Like it's a pretty big city, but um, the mobile massage was a higher price point. And I think there's a reason why larger companies exist more in the GTA. Um, There's just a little bit of a bigger market for it. Um, And I had passively received a few requests for Toronto. So I was like, hey, I'm going to just start to hire a couple RMTs in Toronto and just see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, I had this girl like apply for Toronto. I was so excited. I decided I was like, she had passed like her preliminary phone interview that I had done. It was like my like third interview ever, I think. And I decided to go to Toronto. So I drove up like from Ottawa to Toronto to like do her second interview. And I was working with a lawyer and he had suggested um, searching like, this is something I didn't even think of, like to search someone like on the CMTO and make sure that they were actually like mm-hmm. a registered massage therapist. Yeah, like yeah. there was like, she gave me her RMT number and everything. So I just figured she was legit. It didn't cross my mind that that was a possibility. And I was like partway to Toronto and my lawyer called and he's like, Hey, like this girl actually isn't an RMT. And she was registered in like Quebec. She wasn't registered in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wasn't someone that I could hire. And, and that was something that I wouldn't have thought of and and now I've taken every precaution and there's been like a number of things like that that you kind of take someone's word on it and she had been practicing at a clinic in Toronto Mm -hmm. um so I had like called her reference and everything and she was fine um but yeah she wasn't actually like an RMT in in Ontario and no one had checked on her registration. So, I mean, you see all of these like practitioners, right. Who are like blacklisted, who were practicing, like they're, they're real. <laughs> it does happen. So the clinic she was working at, did they know that she was not licensed in Ontario? I never like called them back to like, tell them this was something that I learned after I thought about it because, but it was all kind of on them. And it was like a, a large massage chain. Like it was like an, a big clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd figured they would have done their, due diligence with it but no I she wasn't registered and she when I had asked her about it after she she was like no I practiced in Ontario it's fine so she was writing receipts and whatnot with her her number that wasn't legit and I I have no idea like how yeah whose number was this then (laughs) made up I don't know man why are you looking at me I don't don't know I I I don't know what to say (laughs) well I mean we we can't really speak to the the capacity of whatever she was doing at that clinic so that's wow all right well you live and you learn yeah that that's a pretty that's a pretty big loss there uh biggest win um we just launched our software two weeks ago which is um thanks to my co-founder 
founder, but getting that launch was felt like a huge win for us because up until then, I like I said earlier, like about everything being figure outable. Mm-hmm. Um, I used JNAP at the beginning. Um, so JNAP is such an awesome RMT software, and if anyone has their own clinic, I would highly recommend it. It's great. But basically, how JNAP is set up is that you can add multiple locations onto your account, but they're set up to be physical clinics. Right. So. For me, when I was doing the GTA, I had to say, hey, Mississauga, Brampton, like kind of list every subset of Toronto as its own clinic. But a client would call and be like, hey, I border on Brampton and Mississauga. Like, which one am I? Or they would like get their address wrong and book on the wrong schedule or Mm -hmm. they weren't sure. Um, So being able to start to book by radius was huge for us and and just like a huge win for everyone on our team too to like actually control how far they go because mm-hmm. like in somewhere like Vaughn like Vaughn could be like 35 kilometers right like you you can't really control that mm-hmm. um and there was no way for us to monitor that when we were just going by like a location so that was a huge win for us being able to launch the software and actually get people to use it and see people booking that way that was really fun that's awesome i know yeah gta is huge i am from scarborough born and raised i got lost in scarborough yesterday i didn't <laughs> even tell mark that's why he's giving me that look <laughs> i got off on an exit I ended up in Malvern. I don't know Malvern. Legit lost in Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still I still have to look up addresses that people send if I'm not not sure where it is. I I feel like I I have spent so much of my life now like googling like which address is where <laughs> but sometimes I'm still not sure um, and I still use like a GPS to get around um, so it's definitely harder to navigate. The city is massive. Well, I love the niche that you've created. I like the concept of the business. I even like the name, Mama Mobile. Mm-hmm. It rolls off your tongue very nicely. <laughs> and yeah, I think I think it'll be good for you guys. I think this is going to expand. And hopefully when I see you again in the next few months, next year, you will be making more than enough to pay your bills in Toronto. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk to Sarah about? Well, just to clarify, your business is doing well. I mean, you're just investing well. back into the business. So yeah. you're taking out just enough to survive. Like that's, it's not and that's, the same. Yeah, and that's what you have to do. Yeah. And I think the people that survive are the people that understand that. Like, you know, your money just goes back into the business for a little while. So if you have to eat Mr. Noodles and- <laughs> like a university student it's okay it it definitely is like the decision you make too like if you want to build something larger it is like more of a sacrifice I think and it's still obviously like a ton of work like even building a smaller or like your own clinic Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's like more of an immediate reward to you for sure awesome thank you for coming all the way to Scarborough to talk to (laughs) us um People listening, if they want to get in touch with you, either RMTs who want to talk to you or potential clients, tell them where to go. Thanks. Um, So we're at Mama Mobile Massage on Instagram. Our site is www.mamamobilemassage.com. And if anyone wants to email me with any questions, it's Sarah at mamamobilemassage.com. Awesome. Oh, and I love your I love your little email note. So she has an automatic reply when you send her an email mm-hmm. that lets you know know and it, it starts with hey mama which i like that too but it lets you know um that she checks her emails at this time and this time every day so if you don't get a response back right away i will see mm, this that's good very smart yeah 
Yeah. Things. Have you guys ever read the four hour work week? No. You should read I don't it. read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, you should read it. <laughs> four hour work week. Okay. But yeah, because we'll yeah, that's something if I if I was constantly checking my emails, I don't think I would ever get anything done. Um I do try I do check them, but I've tried to kind of curate expectations as to like when I will respond to people. Um, yeah. Every time I send her an email, I get this response back. Hey mama, check my email <laughs> at twelve PM and four PM daily. So I'll get back to you. Like, smart girl. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, this was very informative. Thank you. And anyone who's uh, interested in getting in touch with Sarah, reach out. She will check her emails at 12 p.m. and 4 p.m. daily. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, we are always hiring RMTs. So feel free to send us your application. And yeah. And she'll call you from her couch with her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I started working out of WeWork. So I'm you have an office. All right. That's sort of an office. Moving up in the world. I love it. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.